from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. We originally cut the vocals in New York, and he wasn't happy with them, so he flew back here and did them at my house. Hmm. And that's what. So is we that ended how your with. daughters ended up singing on no, it? No, you know he he came to me and said, "I, I really hear like a a child's choir." <laughs> it's funny because the singer from Pale Divine often says that he takes credit for grooming me to be. <laughs> if you could deal with him, you could deal with Axel. Right, right. I'm Sarah Fenske. It's been 30 years since Atlantic Records released the album Straight to Goodbye, the major label debut by the incredibly popular St. Louis band, Pale Divine. And that is Something About Me from Pale Divine's 1991 record, Straight to Goodbye. Now, if you don't remember that song and the name Pale Divine means nothing to you, perhaps you were not a St. Louis music lover in the late 80s and early 90s. Pale Divine, which is originally known as The Eyes, regularly drew crowds of St. Louis music fans to Laclede's Landing, packing Mississippi Nights and Kennedy's. But Pale Divine went from straight to goodbye to, well, goodbye. The band broke up not long after releasing that record. This New Year's Eve, Pale Divine plays a reunion show at the pageant. And joining us now to tell us about it is guitarist Richard Fortas. He's also the longtime guitarist for Guns N' Roses. Richard, welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. So it's been 30 years since Straight to Goodbye. Does that feel like a (laughs) lifetime ago? You know, that sounded like... It was recorded 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean that in a, a, in a critical way? <laughs> in a critical way, yeah. It's interesting to listen back now. Well, I know your band kind of felt like this wasn't the album that captured the essence of this band. Yeah, I don't think it did. I don't think this it was did. kind of the beginning of the end instead of like the, the crowning uh, moment. Yeah, I think, you know, we did ourselves a disservice with signing with a major label. And had we continued on the path that we were on prior to that, I think we building a grassroots following I think if we would have continued with that we would have probably found more success do you feel like it was you were kind of a victim of this era that you were in like it at was that the time. point that's it what was people the time. did that's exactly right that's what people did people it was the only avenue you know to sign with a major or to sign with a bigger indie label but for us it made sense to sign with a major because it was all this attention and it was the brass ring at that time you know now things the playing field is changed so much. Why do you think that this label had so much just they didn't know what to do with you guys? Um, I think we didn't know what to do with us. (laughs) You know we were sort of misguided and that's what when I listen to that that's what I hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you know had we stuck to what we were doing and not been influenced by 
what was going on at the time and what people were doing, what we thought we should do to, you know, and how we maintained our, um, our integrity and continued on the path that we started on, we probably would have found more success. So for those of us who weren't in St. Louis in that heyday, that early 90s heyday, what made Pale Divine such a great band? What kind of music were you even doing? You know, it you was, say, this doesn't capture you. What yeah, would capture you? Yeah, it was, you know, we were a, a darker rock band along the lines of the cult or, um, you know, I, the psychedelic furs or things like that. It was, it was a a darker, um, more gothic type of band that walked the line between classic rock and contemporary. And it was, and I, listening to that, it was like very much a, an early '90s um, English type of sound, which is what we were listening to at that time. You mm-hmm. know that that's in that six month period. <laughs> so yeah. It's so is that what led to you guys breaking up? Just this 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 uh, record company was frustrating enough. It pushed um, you to the brink. It, it sort of. It was uh, yeah because we were frustrated. Had we done we we'd been demoing for a second album to release a second album and to start recording it, and had I think we recorded those songs which were much stronger and much more true to what our vision our our original vision was i think that it would have done better but uh, i don't think it was necessarily the label or i think it was a combination of lots of personal things and yeah so i feel like everyone right now is watching the beatles get back documentary you know sort of like the demise of the band and how they, maybe we misunderstood what was happening in the dynamics mm-hmm. do you feel like you know your interpersonal dynamics there's things you now understand that at the time you just you didn't even get what was going absolutely. on between you absolutely yeah I mean, it's like a marriage. And I think when you get married young. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, say no more, right? There's a lot of people listening who are like, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. But you guys are the people who got divorced relatively young. Now you're doing these reunion shows. I remarried. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, you remarried, but you're still continuing. You can get back together with your old bandmates. You guys don't hate each other. That's right. Yeah. But that that took a long time to heal Mm. as marriages often do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, before you're at a point where you can be friends, re- realistically. And and that did happen with us. I mean, it, it took a long time. But you're there now. You know what? Those guys are my biggest supporters and have been, yeah, we've, we're really good friends. So when you talk about your remarriage, uh, I'm going to just take this metaphor so far that okay, this is just terrible. just keep going with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, just you, run did, with it. you dated some amazing rock stars, as this metaphor goes. Uh, you know, you did okay, a lot of work with the, yeah, far. this is, <laughs> <laughs> but it's safe to say right now your marriage is with Guns N' Roses. But, and it's a long-standing one. A long, I mean, you're one of their longest-standing members yeah, right now. Yeah, this is a 20, this is my 20th year. So, Axl Rose, famously uh-huh. somebody who can be difficult. How have you been able to make this marriage work for so long? Um, I think the singer, <laughs> it's funny, because the singer from Pale Divine often says that he takes credit for grooming me to be. <laughs> if you could deal with him, you could deal with Axl. Right, right. Which is not necessarily true. But I, I've not had, you know, I think when, as Many marriages. When you come into a second one, you're, you're sort of you're wiser and you're more. And I think he's very much that way. You know, mm-hmm. he's grown. We've all grown up so much. And so you're kind of practical. Like you're not looking at this as your be all end all. This is a great gig, and you love it. Uh, you know, Axel. I get along really well with Axel. I always have. He's a very smart guy um, and very funny, very witty. 
and we've always gotten along well. I mean, that's that's amazing. I mean, that's some some people it, it, have struggled with that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, when he was younger, yeah, you know, and they were younger, you know, it's very difficult. It's very different now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to play some new Guns N' Roses. You guys uh, just released this new track. This is card, called Hard School. Um, let's listen to that. Mm-hmm. And that is the title track to a forthcoming Guns N' Roses EP, Hard School. That song sounds great. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think it sounds great, too. So did you guys put this album together in the middle of the pandemic? Uh, a lot of it was done. Then. Yeah. Was that hard? I mean, were you trying to collaborate remotely? Um, yeah. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that part of that band for you? You guys are kind of used to putting things together remotely. You're, you're based here in St. Louis. Uh, yes and no. I mean, usually most of this stuff is done face to face, but yeah, since the pandemic. Okay. Well, the album sounds great. When is that coming out? Um, I do not know. And I'm, yeah, that's not something I can. Okay. Well, that, when that when that album is ready to come out, that album will come out. That's hard school. School with a K. Mm-hmm. I love that Guns N' Roses is keeping that classic hard rock styling. That's right. So you've also had a long-running association with the psychedelic furs, and that kind of mm-hmm. came out of your work with Pale Divine. That's right. How so? Uh, we toured. Pale Divine toured when our album came out. We toured support, supporting the psychedelic furs in the United States. And uh, they were one of my favorite bands at the time. So that must have been huge. It was huge for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you ended up in this long uh, working relationship with them in all sorts of different facets. Uh, I got to be friends with the singer and uh, the rest of the band. And I would go up and play with them after our set. And uh, we just became tighter. And then after that tour ended, uh, Richard called, the singer, Richard Butler, Butler, called me. And asked if I'd be interested in writing a, helping him write his solo album, which then after a long time of writing and performing or um, putting that together, he said, you know, it doesn't really seem fair to call this a Richard Butler album. I think we should call it a new band name and because it's been very collaborative. So the two of us then put the rest of the band together and called it Love Spit Love. And that, it feels like that band had some success too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did two albums. Two albums with that band and uh, tours and yeah. You had the the theme song for Charmed. That's right. Every time I hear that song, I'm like, wait a minute. Like that's Richard Fortas and and plus the guy from the Psychedelic Furs. Yeah. It was actually that song that led to me gaining Richard's confidence in production. 
Okay. Yeah. And you really have his confidence in production. You produced the Psychedelic Furs' most recent album. That's right. And you did that here in St. Louis. I did, yeah. How do you begin to sell a band like the Psychedelic Furs on, you know what, let's camp out in St. Louis. We're well, going to do this here. My wife, <laughs> after I came home from a six-month tour, and I said, hey, the Psychedelic Furs want me to produce this album. Just, you know, that's great and all, but like, it'd be great if you could do it here. And so they were split up all over the country. So it wasn't that hard of a sell. And I just went to them and said, ah, I'd love to do it, but. Yeah, so you had kind of this trump card here, like, no, you have to do it here. I, yeah, yeah. So and I'm really glad that, that we did, because it, it turned out really, really well. Yeah, I mean, this al- let's, let's actually play a track from okay. this album. And I should mention that your two teenage daughters, uh, Clover and Paisley, they are among the vocalists on you this You should track. absolutely mention that. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hear Hide the Medicine. Hide the medicine Hide the medicine We don't understand what you're talking about And we're out on the ledge Then we're on the way down Your mother said Your mother said You're beautiful to me And that is Hide the Medicine from Made of Rain. Made of Rain is the 2020 album uh, from the Psychedelic Furs. It was produced by my guest today, Richard Fortas, produced right here in St. Louis. That's a beautiful song. You wrote that? I did. With Richard, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's wonderful. What, what's the inspiration for that? Um, I had had that basic melody going around in my head for a while and uh, had played it for Richard, oh God, I guess a, quite a while ago, about eight years ago. And he remembered it and brought it up. And yeah. So you just sat on that song for eight years? Oh, there's always, you know, you keep this Rolodex in your head of different musical ideas. And Maybe you keep that Rolodex in I, your head. I, yeah, I, I feel like a yeah. lot of people might spend those ideas as fast as they come in. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you you tend to amass them. And I think that's that what musicians do. Mm-hmm. So they were here. How long were they all here recording this album with you? Um, probably about six weeks back and forth. It was split up because they were touring. I was touring. So we would do two weeks at a time and... You kind of squeezed it in where you could and then got back together. Yeah, and we actually did vocals for that. We we originally cut the vocals in New York, and he wasn't happy with them, so he flew back here and did them at my house. Hmm. And that's what... So is that how your daughters ended up singing on it? No, you know, he he came to me and said, I I really hear like a a child's choir singing this answering line. I was like, yeah, okay. And I said, well, you know, the girls both sing, and he's like, oh, could we try it? Like, yeah, sure. So I mean, that's perfect. I have a child's choir right here. Yeah, yeah. And they have beautiful voices. I understand this this Pale Divine show that's happening on New Year's Eve. Um, your 13-year-old daughter, this is Clover, she's mm-hmm. actually going to be a part of this. Her band, uh, Poster Logic, is supporting us. They actually played last night, went to see them at Blueberry Hill. Oh, that's huge. Um, yeah. She's 13. 13. This is a precocious and band she, here. she writes all the material, and it, all that kid does is sit in a room and write wow. songs. Wow. 
Yeah. So she's opening for you on New Year's Eve at, at, at age 13. Yeah. Is this the first time that that will happen? Yes. Yeah. Are you ready for this to have your daughter open for you? I, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's got to be one of those moments as a parent where you're just so proud. But also, I mean, she's she's now growing up. Yeah. You know, I took their band into the studio. It's actually the same studio um, that I recorded the first record at, the Sawhorse Studios here in town. I took them in uh, last week and recorded 10 songs. So, so they'll have an finish. album coming out. Yeah. yeah so I'm we might have to have your daughter on this show next. Absolutely. Well, so this is exciting, this show at the Pale Divine. Is this uh, the show at the pageant from Pale Divine, right. your daughter's band opening for you? That's Poster Logic. Remember that name. This is a name that you might hear down the road. Um, is all of Pale Divine going to be here for that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all the original members. And a band called The Finns is playing right before us too and they're another band from that same time that used to open for us quite a bit and play shows with us am, am i right in thinking this is your first uh time back on stage with pale divine in about three years you guys did a uh, reunion yeah, show a few years right. back okay yeah. so are you guys ready for this um it, no <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> we will be but uh yeah we're just starting rehearsals because two of the members don't live here anymore so this will probably be the last time we do it for quite a while oh, okay so people want to get in on this if they're pale divine fans yeah yeah this would be the show to go to so this has been kind of a big year for pale divine in addition to you guys are going to do the last show together for a while you were uh, featured in the missouri history museum in their st louis sound exhibit that's right i haven't gone down to see that but um yeah i intend to Okay, so that's on your list as well. Yes, it is. I think that's running for a little bit longer. You should have a I chance to like do that. I think it's like the middle of January, yeah. Okay, so you're going to get in on this. Is You're in a museum now. Yeah. Like, you're not just playing with Guns N' Roses. You're you're in a museum. Yeah. It feels like not everybody can say they've, they've hit those two things in the Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, I've been fortunate to be in a, a few museums. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> museums are old hat to you now. Uh, uh, yeah, it's getting that way. Uh, well, <laughs> the Pale Divine Show, this is not old hat. This does not happen every year. And you want to catch them now because Richard Fortas just told us here, this may not happen again for quite a few years. That is happening at the pageant. Again, it's New Year's Eve. Uh, tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. Those doors open at 8 p.m. Uh, the Finns and Poster Logic, that is Clover Fortas's band, are both playing. You don't want to miss this one. Richard Fortas, I want to thank you so much for joining us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. And Richard, again, is part of Pale Divine. He's also the guitarist for Guns N' Roses. And a St. Louis native. And a St. Louis native. Thank we you. have to say that. I want to go out of the show with just another track from the Psychedelic First 2020 album. Uh, that album is Made of Rain, and this is called Don't Believe. This also features singing by Paisley and Clover Fortis. Our life is short and God is gold and promises are bought and sold and everything I never said comes crashing on my tiny head. This episode was produced by Evie Hemphill, with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. 
It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I don't believe you don't believe me. I don't believe. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.